Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 11th of November, 2021 Hong Kong Stories Podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. By the time you hear this, loyal listener, Hong Kong Stories will have had its last show for 2021, our last hurrah being on the 12th of November at the Fringe Club in front of a Hong Kong International Literary Festival audience. The show was real, and I know this episode is labeled for the day before, but things got a little out of hand here on the production side. Sleep was lost, due dates were skipped, and, well, here I am, more than a week later. But we still appreciate you stopping by, and we know that you're going to enjoy this story from Aaron, who really has taken to our storytelling stage like a duck to water. There's only one story this week, but in the next few episodes, we hope to have some poetry for you as well, just to change things up a little bit. Now, don't fret that this is our last show forever. We'll be back with the show in January 2022, if everything goes to plan. I'll be hosting, and if you'd like to be a part of it, you can sign up for a pitch workshop. Get details on the website, hongkongstories.com, or on Meetup. Our regular free workshops are up and running too. Find the link to them on the website hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. And now with the story from our August 2021 show that had the theme, Bustin' Out, here is Aaron. There were a few things I knew as a seven-year-old child. First of all, we were poor. And even though we believed in a God that heard and answered prayers, just like my mother, God did not give handouts. For example, if we asked my mom for money, she would say, do you want to be a Wednesday's child? These were kids put up on the TV news locally for adoption. I guess because they asked their parents for money? The second thing I knew is sugar was not for kids because it ruined their teeth. But as an adult, your teeth were goners, so have as much as you want. And last, we were not supposed to act sexy. Now, no one had to tell me what that meant because I had secretly watched some episodes of the forbidden show, Charlie's Angels. In this show, three beautiful detectives solve crimes while being chased, tied up, and in one case, almost suffocated with hot, wet towels in a sauna. But by my estimation, being sexy was dangerous. But my friend and I kind of liked danger. So every now and then, we'd go down into the basement, close ourselves in one of the rooms, and do the most horrendous of sexy acts. We pulled the bottom of our t-shirt up to the neckline, threaded it through the hole, and yanked it back down, creating a bra-like halter top with our stomachs exposed. Scandalized, we would giggle like mad before we'd take it one step further. We'd check to make sure no one was coming, and then we'd raise a pencil to our lips and pretend to be smoking. The ultimate in sexy behavior. And apparently something God hates but forgot to put in the commandments. 
So imagine my excitement when I went to the grocery store and took a shortcut down the candy aisle and saw the most glorious box of sweets. Lucky Strike. King size. Candy cigarettes. Inside were 12 chalky white tubes tipped with pink to look like real lit cigarettes. Instantly, I thought of acting sexy with something that didn't just look like the real thing, but bonus was candy. (laughs) It stirred a determination and desire in me that I had not experienced before. But I knew there was no way that my mom would buy me candy, let alone sexy cigarette candy. (laughs) That meant I'd have to resort to the one thing I was truly good at. I was a thief. A specialized sugar thief. I mean, ever since birth, I'd had this insatiable compulsion to steal anything that had sugar in it and then effectively lie about it. It was a gift. I stole swigs of Coca-Cola from the glass bottle in the fridge that was only for the parents. I stole the icing from the freezer that was for the next cake my mom would bake. And when I couldn't finish all of it, I buried the leftovers in a cement fence in our yard. I even stole the mini-sized candy bars that my grandma hid from the grandkids and took the wrappers and put them under the snotty tissues in the bathroom garbage. But to steal directly from a store? Come on, I couldn't do that. But I could steal money and then buy the candy cigarettes. You know, even though we were poor, my dad always had spare change in his pocket that he would put on the corner of the dresser at night when he changed out of his work pants. This was the perfect opportunity for a tiny-handed criminal to get coins for her soon-to-be addiction. So I started taking some of those each day. I'd take one if it was a quarter, two or three if they were nickels and dimes. I would palm them and then run them back into my bedroom and put them in a yellow plastic butter container that I had repurposed and made into a bank and then hid under my bed. Now, my other source of income was a small suede change pouch that was attached to my mom's wallet inside her purse. Now, this was more difficult because my mom very rarely left her purse But every now and then, when she stepped out of the room, I'd plunge my hand into that little pouch, grab as many coins as I could, and put those in the container. It did not take long before that container was just about full. I had enough money to buy a pack a day for a month of candy cigarettes. Yes. But before I could execute my plan, we went to church, and I was sitting on the floor in the Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher had decided that day that the lesson was on stealing is a sin. And she talked about how disappointed our Heavenly Father would be in us if we were to take something that was not ours. But we could be forgiven of this horrible sin if we repented and gave restitution. Now, repentance is admitting admitting that you did something wrong and saying you're sorry And restitution is making it right by returning the thing that was taken. I was riddled with guilt. I mean, I was terrified of an angry God who would cast me into outer darkness, which was my religion's version of hell, for taking a few coins. I mean, imagine being seven and thinking you're spending eternity floating around in the pitch black. But worse than that, 
would be admitting to my mom that I was a thief. So I figured there was only one way out of this. Maybe I wouldn't have to repent if I just returned all the coins immediately. <laughs> so the next opportune time when my mom went to do the laundry, I scampered to my room, heaved the plastic butter container of coins out of its hiding place, ran back to that small suede change pouch, and began to pour the coins in until it was full, and they started to flood out like a river and then turn into an ocean mixed in with the lipstick and receipts and used tissues at the bottom of her purse. But it was empty, and I scampered back out of the room, feeling so proud of myself. I had done restitution, and I wouldn't have to repent did not take long for my mom to declare she had to run to the grocery store. She went, picked up her purse, noticeably heavier. What in the world? She looked inside and her eyes got wide. How did all of these coins get in here? And then she looked up at me with question marks for eyebrows. And I answered in the voice of an innocent angel, Maybe it was God, Mommy. Maybe it was God. We definitely do not want to be a Wednesday's child, but we may occasionally reminisce about being sexy and eating sugar. Thanks to Aaron for that story. And thanks to you for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.